everybody get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on a day that looks like summer out the window, but feels like the dead of winter when you get out there. It's I don't cold. know what's going on. Very cold but out there. But we have a show that'll warm you up. So everybody, if you don't know about Dawson's Market in Rockville, you should. It is an awesome... I would... It's a it's a supermarket. It's a specialty market. It's everything, and on the second right Tuesday in, of every month, it's right in Rockville Town Center. Right in Rockville Town Center. You didn't say that. Dead center, mm-hmm. Rockville Town Center. <laughs> and every Tuesday, uh, Bart Yablonski and his team there. What is your Mm-mm. title? You... It's not every Tuesday. The second Tuesday of every month. Yes. Every second Tuesday of every month. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bart was going to punch me. <laughs> um, they get a group of their vendors together. They have uh, this, this this plethora of, uh, of local vendors who bring all sorts of great stuff to the market, and they bring them together to showcase their work and wares, and we're doing well, sort so of Well, so what we're doing is a meet the locals here in studio. Well, isn't that what I was going to say? I don't know what you were going I to was say. It's taking there. you a very long time. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, so there's going to be a ton of people at Dawson's this Tuesday, but... Bart picked out a selection of people to come in studio today, and we're so fortunate to have... The teacher's favorites. Yes, these are the right. favorites, but don't tell the other people. Uh, Greg Glenn and Ashley Field of Rockland's Farm. Jen Rogers of Brawling Bear Beer, right? Brewing. Say that fast. Brewery, uh, Siona sorry. Siona of Siona Foods. Yep. Uh, Andy Brown of Eat Pizza, frozen pizzas you want to eat. Yeah, They're absolutely. Good. They look Fred good. Fred Chen and Fong Yen of uh, Yao. Did yogurt, we say it right? Vietnamese yogurt. And uh, Alex Hempfield uh, of Everbar and his Wait, girlfriend. Wait, is your Christina. last name really Hempfield? I changed. Okay. DBA, DBA, doing business as. Okay, so it's, it does. <laughs> uh, that this, all took a second. I just want to say this could be a guy. This is. This is a guy who was probably born stoned. I okay, just want to yeah. say that. So Alex Hempfield makes these fabulous bars that have hemp in them. Just so you get and where you we're can going. build a rope or get high. It just either one. Okay, we will start filming this show on uh, Facebook Live in just a couple seconds. But first, we are going to be talking to Mitch Berliner. Speaking of being stoned. Hi, Hi Mitch. Mitch. Hi, how are you? Mitch no, Berliner no, no, of Central. I'm not a stoner, but thank <laughs> you. No, Central Farm Markets. Uh, how are you, man? What's going on at I Market? Doing great. It's um, certainly a little on the cool side, but it's gorgeous. We're crowded. I don't know if you can hear the live music. Here we go. Can you hear it? No. Yes, sort okay. of. Anyway, it sounds like uh, yes, your wife, that's... Debbie, being mad at you. Is what okay, so like tell us what's going on at Market, Mitch. Okay, so here's what's going on. First, a shout-out to Dawson's Market. Great people. Bart's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, meat crafters. has got their sausages and skinny salamis in there. We've participated in some of their, in, in their stuff. So, Bart says he prepared by, for the show by eating a bunch of skinny salami. We all so, do. Yeah. We live on those. Right. Uh, and then, you know, you've got the brewery there, so there you go. Right. And so let me tell you what's new here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the start of the season for ramps, fiddlehead fern, uh, you know, fiddlehead. Yeah. And morels. So we've got that here today. You've got morels already at market? Oh, yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. He's got ethics, they too. I love morels. Uh-huh. Bart got it because he's an intellectual. Mm-hmm. 
It's okay. And, and of course, um, we have next week a big announcement. We should, if the weather cooperates, should be the start of the asparagus season. Ooh, so very exciting! Organic. Yeah, we're exciting in the outside chance because the weather's not been cooperative. But we usually have strawberries down from the northern neck as well next week. So we're hoping you know we'll have at least some to Great. come early. And um, we still have our guys who are doing a terrific job with um, heirloom to- organic heirloom tomatoes at both Mosaic and at uh, Bethesda, downtown Bethesda, cucumbers, uh, the Persian cucumbers. And are those all, types. those are all, uh, are they hoop grown? Where are they, how are they growing those? The, it's, um, they're growing them in hothouses in soil. Mm-hmm. So they're certified organic. Cool. And you could get it at Toygo's uh, market at our stands. Also, uh, Twin Springs also has, um, you know, beautiful eggplants and tomatoes. It's amazing. And, uh, All right, tell, Mitch, tell everybody yeah. where the markets are, please. Okay, please come and visit us in downtown Bethesda. Woohoo! Every Sunday. And you could also go to the Mosaic District every Sunday, 9 to 1.30. Mm-hmm. Soon our other two markets will be opening. We'll talk about it later. In the meantime, go to our website, centralfarmmarkets.com. And thank you. Thanks, Mitch. Thank you so much. Bye, Mitch. All right, Bart, why don't you tell us a little bit about Dawson's Market? Like, what's the what's the mission behind Dawson's Market? Sure. So we've, we're in Rockville Town Square. Um, we've been at this location for almost five and a half years now, and mm-hmm. we are a local-focused, all-natural grocery store. Okay. So we have all the departments a typical grocery store we carry, uh, meat, produce, seafood. We have a supplements department. We have a fantastic kitchen with an excellent chef. But everything has a set of standards that we follow throughout the entire store. Um, and those are all natural standards. We have a pretty significant list of banned ingredients. Um, we try to be as transparent as possible uh, in what we sell in our store. What's a banned ingredient, for so example? So it's um, no high fructose corn syrup in anything in our store, as okay. an example. But there's a lot of ingredients that are out there that may be natural, but there's some questionable effects with those. And so, so we, we what does a those. vendor have to do to prove him or herself to you? So we, we love working with local vendors. That's what we're talking about today. And we have on our website, we have information uh, on how to sell to us. And so there's an application that they fill out. And the application asks them what ingredients they use, um, how do they, if it's a produce vendor, how do they grow their produce? Uh, if it's an artisan producer, where do they produce their product? We really want to get to know them before we bring does them to the store. Does anybody ever try and BS you? Uh, we've had a few. There are, um, sure and more it's so. More for, I, I would assume that more people aren't trying to BS you because they're trying to beat the system. Maybe just because they don't know. Right. That's uh, exactly. So more so, it's what they don't know, and sometimes we'll ask them questions. Um, something like uh, chocolate liqueur. Uh, if it'll be an ingredient in something, um, they may not really understand what the ingredients in that product product is. itself. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll ask them those questions, go back and do so. And a lot of times they'll find something out. And we have vendors that, that will discover something that's there that they don't want to be in that product and sure. they'll change it. So how do you go about sourcing? Like we have all these people in here today. You're doing this big event. You do it, you know, on the second Tuesday of every month. How do you go about finding everybody, especially local? I mean, I know there's an explosion of artisans in the scene, but how do you go about finding everyone? 
So, I mean, when we first started out, um, we really had to go out and source people. And mm-hmm. because we were new to the market, we have our sister store, our parent store is Elwood Thompson's in Richmond. It's been around for 29 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we came to this market, you know, pretty different market. So we really had to do a lot of research and just go out to farmer's market like Mitch's um, and to other retailers, um, smaller retails, and look for products in the beginning. Now that we're more well-established, we have people coming to us all the time. And so we're fortunate that people come to us. We're a great starting point for a lot of these vendors um, that may not be able to get into a larger store. They'll come to us, they'll work with we'll work with them, we'll explain to them about pricing and sourcing. Um, one of the guys that's here today actually buys ingredients from us that goes into the products he makes. Well, I would hope that there would be some like sort of symbiotic relationships that Absolutely. would happen. You know, yeah. much like they happen at farmers markets or things of that nature. Absolutely. You know? And we we really try, we're all about community as well. So we want to, you know, get these people connected to each other. I was really excited when everybody was coming in. A lot of the people that are here knew each other. Um, and, you know, maybe that's from us. I hope it's from us, but it's from being in the community. They're all going to say it's from you. Yeah, Yay, exactly. Bar. Yay. I, I, see, my bet would have been Match.com. Okay. <laughs> well, one me. last thing before we get into all the people who are here today. How hard is it in today's environment to be an independent market? I mean, there's just not a lot of them anymore. It, you know, it, it's difficult, but because of what's happening in the food industry and the centralization and these big companies coming in uh, and buying up other other stores similar to ours, we have a unique advantage because we are independent, mm-hmm. and we want people who want small, who want to shop small. Um, we are very nimble. We can change quickly. We can add new products very quickly. Um, any of these products that you see uh, that are new in the market take months to get into a large store. Sure. We can have them in in a day. Isn't that amazing? Okay, great. Well, let's come up with a product. Let's start. I think it's not time. <laughs> I'm not coming up with a product. It's time for some wine. Rockland's Farm. So David and I have been taking our children to Rockland's Farm. For out in Poolsville, Maryland, for years. I, I mean, I think since you guys have been open. Well, we should just tell people it's so easy to get to. You go to where River Road ends. You take a left. You take a right at the Homestead sign, and mm-hmm. there's Rockland's right there that on the big, prettiest piece of land with prettiest the prettiest of, stream and the nicest. If you doggies. want to get married, they have a gorgeous barn. Go yeah, get married uh, in the barn. Yeah. So well, how did all that happen? I, I remember the story. I think actually we might have met you originally. The story that your dad came out and found this house, and you started doing the house, and then you said, "Well, let's." Why don't do a you let farm. him tell the story in case? Is that you're what wrong. happened? It was kind yeah. of serendipitous. Yeah, just about. Yeah, sure. So my name is Greg Glenn. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Rocklands Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Bethesda most of my life, and like most families who come out to Rocklands, we would drive out to Homestead Farm and just pick enjoy pumpkins. the area, <laughs> pick pumpkins, pick apples, and just enjoy the countryside and. Uh, we, like most people, fell in love with the area. So in 2003, uh, our family, we moved out to the current property. Um, and then in 2010, my friend Sean and I wanted to take a year out of school. Uh, mm-hmm. Right when we finished and graduated, we thought we'd plant some veggies and raise some chickens for eggs. And we just started Rocklands from there. Because it's, kind- a, it's a fully working farm. Yes, ma'am. What which kind is of amazing. shape was the house in when you guys moved in? Uh, I, I mean, it must have been built... <laughs> 1870. It's 1870. Yeah. 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 So the farm was pretty run down. Our house is at like 1875. Point. That's the only reason why we know. Yeah. And my mom has had such a great vision to, to restore and to renew just the historical heritage of that. So she spent quite a bit of time just trying to keep things true to form mm-hmm. and, and really renovate that. And what's neat about the stone is it, it's actually the same stone that was milled for the Smithsonian and the CNO Canal. And there's a great cool. book uh, All right. about that. So, very quickly, so you guys do you still sell. Chicken, I mean, you sell eggs yeah, and chicken meat. and meat. Like, you have a whole variety yeah. of products. But then you also got into wine. Yeah, in 2012, um, in addition to the produce and the, the pasture-raised meats that we do, um, we started out 
making wine and, and just wanted to make a go for it. And so we brought two wines today that we think are not only great for the season, but just great representative of who we are. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about the first wine you're pouring today. Yeah, sure. So we just we poured out our Anna's Rosé, mm-hmm. and we like this Rosé a lot. Um, first of all, it's named so after... Uh, it's named after my wife I mean I see a lot of empty glasses in studio right (laughs) yeah no it's named after my wife Anna so she runs this incredible flower business on the farm where she does wild forage flowers for the weddings it's called sun gold okay and um so it's named after her and this is a blend of Merlot Cab Franc Petit Verdot and Cab Sauve and it's a wild fermented steel age, and it's actually very dry for rosé and that's what we like it differentiates us a little bit well it's a little more provincial style which is nice because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. not a lot of uh, some you see a lot of people doing it and then you see other people trying some really random things when yeah. it comes to rosé. I'm not sure why. Like I say stick with the classics. Yeah. So we think it. I think TJ does a great job. He's our winemaker. He did a great job with this wine. So mm-hmm. um, this as well as the one we're pouring next goes really well um, this time of year as it warms up. You know, it's a great chilled wine, but it goes especially well with um, pizza. Mm-hmm. And we have a pizza, pizza guy here. And right? you just woke up. Um, <laughs> well, so we have just about 30 seconds. Yeah. You have a, a tasting room there. So people yep. can come out to the farm. And you always have events and things going on. Can you tell people just a little bit about it? Because I feel like every time we go out there, there's something new happening. Right. Yeah. So the tasting room, we're open Wednesday to Sunday from 11 to 6. Um, it's the lower level of this bank, beautiful bank barn that we've restored. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come out. We have food vendors. So Pizza Brahma's out there regularly. We have another other local food vendors who come out. Um, we have live music. We have different events that go on. And then also in the market, we're selling our pasture's beef, pork, lamb, chicken, eggs, but you also have cheese. Like yep. it's a really There's thoughtful. There's other local products. Yep. Yeah, you have a really thoughtful. Yeah, we've really room. tried to stay true to, to local in Maryland and promoting just you know well crafted things. So it's a great place to bring out families. It's very family friendly and just a beautiful place just to feel restored and refreshed. Well, the other so. thing is, it's 20 minutes down River Road and you're there. Yep, not exactly. too far at all. <laughs> it's yep. awesome. So now, it you what of your? I know we got to take a break, but are both these products sold at Dawson's. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I believe and so. We'll be sampling on Tuesday. Yeah, Excellent. awesome. All right. Well, this is David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast. We are meeting the locals in studio, and we'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. <clears throat> I just bit into a very spicy thing, so give me a minute here. Um, Brawling Bear Beer is a locally produced brewery. Brawling Bear Brewing. 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 It's a lot yeah. to say. It's a mouthful. That's it's easy mouthful. for you to say. Jen Rogers is the genius behind that. She was a home brewer, and one day she said, I'm going to can this stuff, and suddenly she's got a success. So, hi. Hi. Good morning. Tell good us morning. about Brawling Bear. Uh, so, we are a very new beer to the market. We just started distributing late November. Uh, we entered the market with our Bare Knuckle IPA, which is what we're poured here for That's everybody. Okay. Thank you. I like it. Yeah, mm, it my, smells delicious. Thank you. My business partner and I were very frustrated with a lot of the IPAs in the market. We felt like they were hot bombs, and we weren't able to enjoy them, and your palate was just destroyed after this a few sips. This is super mellow. It's exactly. really mellow. So you get hops up front, and then mm-hmm. on the finish, it's very dry, very easy. Um, it's a little sneaky, too. It's got 7.3% alcohol on it, so... It does pack a punch. Okay. So is that why it now looks like there are thirty people in the studio? <laughs> Possibly. What made you decide to go like to take it public? Like what made you decide to take that jump? You know, so I'd worked for almost ten years as vice president of a manufacturing company and I okay. was spending sixty, seventy hours a week working towards somebody else's dream. Mm-hmm. And so my partner and I were just like, Man, let's just quit and do this for ourselves mm-hmm. and 
That's what we did. And where are you based out of? So we're based out of Old Town Gaithersburg. Mm -hmm. um, and right now we're just distributing, um, but we are working on a tasting room that will be open later this year. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. So you're going to do a total brick and mortar? Yep. Great. Yep. That's terrific. And how many beers are you producing at this time? Right now we're just producing the two. So the Bare Knuckle IPA, which is what you guys are tasting. And then last week we just released the Low Blow Blondale. Okay. And um, we'll hear more about that later in the show. Um, but how did you wind up with Bart? Uh, I mean, Dawson's is just a great local partner. He's somebody that, maybe not him specifically, but other people with at his store we worked with in my former life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we wanted to be partners with the people that are selling our beer. I'm not interested in just throwing product on somebody's shelf and just letting it rot. I want to be somewhere where we can talk to their customers, where we can really you know, plan different events. Where they're proactive and, for you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, you know, we're giving, they're giving, everybody's kind of working together. So I think I love that. we'll be helping out at the Gaithersburg Book Festival this this May. So yeah, it's okay. going to be a great event. Yeah. We're really, yeah, we're really excited to be a part it's of it. busy, so we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the event? Uh, so it's it's a huge Gaithersburg Book Festival. It's a big event okay. for uh, authors, and, and we are the provider of food and beer at the Oh, cool. So you'll be there. So we'll be there helping them pour, and it's in our backyard, so it only makes sense that okay. we'll help them play. Cool. All right, now we're going we're gonna to talk Ethiopian. Siona wow. Billette is the founder. No, no, no. no here right, right here. Right here. You're right here. in front of the mic, right so, there. Too many mics, so little time. Mm -hmm. uh, Siona's the founder of Siona Foods. She owns Sheba Ethiopian Restaurant in Rockville. Mm -hmm. used to. Um, she used, used to. to. Yeah. Oh, well, Sold now she doesn't November. anymore. Now she owns Siona Foods. And, uh, she, I mean, I, we'll let you tell Tell about your line, but uh, we've been over here tasting it. You used to be in the pharmaceutical industry. You must have put something in here because it's that good. <laughs> Just the uh, technology, that's it. I'll take it. It's delicious. So yeah, tell us you. how you came up with the idea for your product. Uh, okay. Um, thank you for having us here in, uh, first. And um, we we opened an Ethiopian restaurant here locally in Rockville mm -hmm. of, uh, 2012 and 2014. Uh, we start packaging, you know, small batches in a restaurant, just the injera chips only because we use it for the restaurant on a daily basis. Why do you say what injera is? Because Injera is the uh, Ethiopian staple bread. Mm -hmm. That's what we use to scoop the stew. You know, but from so are chips a part of the cuisine, or is it something you came no, up with? Because I haven't seen that. Something that we came up, yeah. Right. We've heard the first one, actually. Nobody mm -hmm. ever made it. So, so if you go to Ethiopia, they'll go, what's this? Yes, yes. Okay. Even in Ethiopia, it's not known. It's okay. not common. Not Yummy. this crispy. We dry the injera just for later use, but not as a crisp or as, you know, snack like this. It's such a smart it idea. Is. So it's the first time, yeah. So the pharmaceutical comes there that's right yeah, inventing so here's something that's missing yes, right yes, so yes. um so you came up with so let's talk about these they're like crackers so they're like cracker crisps so you know ethiopian food is mostly like stews mm -hmm. different stews so it's the best way to scoop sure the, uh, yeah if you're like outdoor or you know in, you're not you know inside a restaurant or a house so it's you know it's better to scoop it this way than uh just in general. So, so but you have them in a variety of flavors? So we start making one flavor, and then we um, added three more flavors. Okay. 
So what do you have? We have the spicy. Spicy, very spicy. The mild has a little kick as well. The spicy should be called very, very spicy. It is. Well, for, yeah, for And everybody should come try some. Yeah. And then what do we have here? This is also spicy. So after we have a lot of spicy dips. Yeah, that's a hummus alternate dips made out of lentils, yellow split pea, brown lentils, spicy, mild. And they pair very well with the injera chips. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were coming up with the concept, what were you looking to put out there? Because I don't feel like when you go to the markets, you see a lot of products reflecting Ethiopian cuisine. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you know the ethnic food is on the rise. Yes, people have changed, you know, palates. So uh, but we have Japanese food, Korean food, Caribbean food, Indian. So why not Ethiopian? So no, that was the whole but point. But for people, so for the uninitiated to Ethiopian cuisine. Can you just give us like there are some there are very specific flavors. There is specific flavor because our chili pepper, which is the one that gives a, uh, the flavor, mm-hmm. has fourteen, ten to fourteen different ingredient in it mixed, like a Indian masala. Right. Ours has different. So the chili pepper has garlic, ginger, shallot, onion, uh, black seed, fenugreek. I mean, you name it: carom seed, cardamom, a lot of cardamom. Mm-hmm. So the the that has a distinguished flavor. Right. That's why. And I just want to say the reason we were so excited about it, it's it's basically an alternative to chips and dip or mm-hmm. to the variety of hummuses that are in the market. Um, it's and just, it's, it's great. Now, is mm-hmm. this gluten-free? No, it's not. It has teff flour, barley, and wheat flour. Okay, but in Ethiopia... It's 100% gluten. It's 100% yes. gluten-free. Is that yes. correct? Yes, but we tried that, but it's not as tasty as this, this one. Right. And if you want a snack... You snack, you know. No, 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 I hear you. But I didn't know that. I just uh, learned that recently that uh, the bread was actually naturally gluten-free. Yes, teff flour is 100% gluten-free. And what is teff flour? Teff flour is the smallest grain in the world. That's what they say. It's very, very teeny tiny. I wish I had brought a a little uh, sample. But it's the tiniest grain and only grows in Ethiopia. Okay. But nowadays, I think Australia, a couple of states in the U.S. are growing But in the United States, it's mixed with other flowers. With other flour, because I think it must be the water. You know, something is not right, you know, to make it here. Sure. It doesn't get it. It doesn't get the right texture. And we sell teff flour if you want to try to make something. Yeah, you can make teff flour, but it's very hard to make the actual injera. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. And so what are some of your other products that you brought in today? These are the same thing like this. It's a stew mix. It has the uh, seasoning inside the chili pepper that I was talking about. So you can go home and make it on your own. So you can make it at home, yes. These are like for people who like to cook at home. And it comes out the same way like this one, but you just add oil and water. Let me jump in with a question. mm -hmm. Bart, what's the process at Dawson's? I mean, when when somebody walks through the door Mm -hmm. and says... Yeah, I've got this such Product. and such that I want you to try. What happens? Well, so actually we met, we met at, at, food at, at, a, at a food council County event food that council. we put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on the food council. so. Um, but the process is if they're interested in selling to us, they fill out this application, um, which is pretty basic, um, but goes through all their processes of how they produce the product, the ingredients they use. Um, their certifications and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. They give us samples, which is super important because we don't want to sell something that doesn't taste great. Sure. Um, so we get the samples, and then um, and then we meet and have a discussion and figure out distribution and how to get it on the shelf. We do ask that our mm-hmm. vendors come in and demo the products, which is what they're doing that, mm-hmm. on Tuesday from mm-hmm. 4 to 7 to meet the locals. Well, don't you think that, I mean, I, this is really for everybody in here, but 
demoing your product, getting oh, people to taste it, is how you sell it. That's how you sell Absolutely. it. Right? You don't do Absolutely. demo, don't, don't right. do it. Because yeah. I don't, you know, I would probably buy the crackers. That would be appealing to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would know enough about the dips unless you were out there telling me about them and I tasted them. Then I would definitely walk away with it. You know, I think it's really we do. Yeah, I mean, it's important. It's yeah. absolutely, and that's I and mean, we do demos all the time in the store. Um, mm -hmm. The one we're talking about today is a specific large event with a lot of vendors, but we always have vendors coming and doing mm -hmm. sampling, and that's really that's all about the food is trying the mm -hmm. food. You know what? We had the guy, the, the son of the the of Tessie May from Tessie May's dressings, mm -hmm. dressing on, salad, and that's yeah. what they did. He, yeah. You know. He got one store to order it, and then they mm -hmm. did demos and demos and demos, mm -hmm. and they, they did thirty-two million dollars a year a couple mm -hmm. of years ago. Right. So that's yeah. what happens. We Look, do Andy's demos. drooling for over there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, why don't we actually? Why don't we talk about Andy a little? Because thank you, thank and, you. Well, you'll be don't, back. Don't go away completely. You'll be you can back. Talk to that, Mike Andy. So Andy Brown has a product called Eat Pizza, and he he ballyhoo's it as the really the only frozen pizza that actually tastes like a good pizza once you've. Heated it up. Is that right, Andy? That is right. Uh, I'm gonna find out right now. If you find out right now, it is the best frozen pizza you've ever had. Uh, so I love come pizza on, everybody. Come get some a lot. Pizza. Come get some uh, pizza. I got a commercial pizza oven from my studio apartment in downtown DC a while ago. I perched it on top of a speaker with a towel. For some reason, I, mean, I thought the towel was less mission. flammable. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously. Uh, I love pizza. So. We decided to make a better frozen pizza, and we couldn't afford, you know, a million dollars worth of line equipment to do it the same way that everyone else was doing it. So we were forced to invent a new way of making it. Mm -hmm. And the only way I knew how to make pizza was the same way they do it in great pizza shops. Okay. So we made all our dough. We let it rest for two days. We cook it in these ovens that we built that overcook the bottom and undercook the top. Normally, if you make pizza at home, you need a pizza stone, and it's expensive, and it takes a long time. But what we've done is we've given it the pizzeria bottom crust that you're looking for. It's still soft so and chewy on the inside. So it's sort of par-baked. It's sort of par-baked. It's par-baked. Got it's it. It's par-baked to hold all that moisture in so you're not having a crackery dry slice. Right. And then I wanted to find the best ingredients, and I traveled around to pizza shops all over the country, mm -hmm. met with chefs, talked about ingredients, talked about sourcing, and I found the best cheese and the best sauce. And when it came time for herbs, we just went to local farms, and I was like, I want fresh basil. And so our margarita pizza for six ninety nine at Dawson's Market right. <laughs> uh, has Subtle. fresh picked basil on Plug. it. We put five leaves on there, and, and it gives you that fresh taste. You, you can smell it throughout your kitchen when you're baking it, and it really does taste like well, a fresh Well, actually, slice. what's interesting is that it maintains its flavor. Yeah. Because you They're can great. taste it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I just had a piece of basil, and you can really taste and the flavor of the basil. We're going to have to take a break. We Andy, are. how old are you? 28. Okay. You just, and what were you doing before? I ran restaurants. There we okay, go. clearly. Right. Just curious. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll talk about the ingredients that you have on there and how you're able to make the bottom match the top. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We have a lot of locals in studio. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking to Andy Brown of Eat Pizza, the frozen pizza. The frozen pizza comes, guy. That comes out of the oven once you've heated it up, tasting like a pizza that you got in a great pizza shop. And it's we can attest to it because we just ate it. Okay, so the bottom is baked up so that it's nice and crisp. Yeah. So, so how do you handle the toppings? Yeah, so I mean, when you I started this adventure, I don't really know anything about food science. I'm not a scientist. It was really just trial and you error. You look like one kind of. <laughs> well, okay. I got the glasses yeah. to pretend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... 
it was just trial and error. And I, I thought, you know, there were a bunch of things that mattered when it came to frozen pizza. And I'm, I was sure it was the way that people were reheating it. So I was like, oh, maybe it's new cooking directions. And I would run pizza underwater to get high moisture and then throw it into a hot oven. And I had to clean my oven right, many, many steam, times. Right, yeah, that did not added, work. Right. That did not work. So uh, we went the traditional route where it's just 450, uh, 10 minutes on the rack. And it's really the ovens that we've built that just barely final cook that crust. Uh, mm -hmm. So everything sort of rises up. You have these big air pockets and these big bubbles that'll come up while you're cooking the pizza. And that's because it's been hand tossed and because it's been par baked in this way that okay. it's able to hold all that moisture and still have that crispy New York pizzeria bite. But how long have you been in Dawson's? Oh, Dawson's was a very early store for us. We we had to target local because you can't get into the big guys. I mean, he's exactly right. Right. And, you know, while we were fighting in to get in these bigger stores, I could go into Dawson's and I could meet the guy running the place who could just turn around and order it. And I remember Bart coming in for that first tasting and he took a bite of the pizza and he goes, oh, yeah, this is great. We'll carry it. And okay, walks off. Like, oh, yes, yes. Bart, Bart takes it. Like, how, far, how far away was the Porsche dealership? <laughs> <laughs> Right. So we were very excited. And then where else can it be found? Well, we're uh, actually next week launching regionally with Whole Foods. So we'll be in 53 Whole Foods stores. Damn. We're in all the Moms Organics. We're in all the local markets. Yes, Organic. But now and... you started at Union Kitchen? Yeah, we started at Union Kitchen. And Union Kitchen Grocery was our first store. Great. Mm -hmm. And that Those was guys. a really exciting awesome. launch. You know, I got right. two, two small local grocers. Uh, but yeah, it's been great. It's been a great journey so far. Excellent. All right. Well, congratulations. So wait, how many varieties do you have total now? We have three. We have the classic margarita, uh, mm -hmm. which is tomato sauce, fresh mozzarella, and fresh basil. We have our three cheese, which is um, uh, fresh mozzarella, provolone, and parmesan. Mm -hmm. And we have our wild mushroom, which actually is a white-based pizza. So we base it with a garlic aioli. It's a mix of three kinds of mushrooms cooked down with caramelized onions and topped with mozzarella and provolone. Delicious. All right, if you're going to make pizzas, it's provolone. There's an E on the end. He's obviously, I'm Irish, not Italian. Obviously I'm not Irish, Italian. not Italian. Well, that's okay. almost the same thing. So. Okay. All right, Thank great. Thank you. So, Greg, let's get you back in because you brought a second wine. Oh, it's not going to be Greg. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Ashley. <laughs> Ashley Field, the general manager. Yes. Hello, Hello everyone. Hi. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Right. Okay, um, so tell us about what's being poured here. Yes, so here we have our farmhouse. Um, and this is a seal-age, whole cluster fermented, very dry mm -hmm. uh, red wine. Um, and it's made from a hybrid grape called Chamberson. And so Chamberson tends to be not particularly well-known um, as a grape. Also has a but little... But it's pretty available in the Maryland area. Definitely in the, along the mid-Atlantic coast. Right? Um, because as a hybrid, um, it's very disease-resilient. And so we find we like uh, very little intervention in our farming in the vineyard. And so this grape works really well for us there. Mm -hmm. And then in the winery, we find that we can have um, a very true expression of this grape um, in a way that has kind of like Pinot Noir-like qualities, very fresh, very fruity, um, approachable red wine. And then perfect for going into the summer months, uh, can be served uh, slightly chilled. Sure. Yeah. And how many wines are you guys producing now? Um, we're at around 20, probably to 22 different labels. Okay. So a lot of different labels. Um, we're fairly small production in each label, about 4,500 cases total. Okay. So are you looking to be more in markets like Dawson's or are you looking to have memberships? Like how does, how does Rocklands want to sell their wine? Yeah. So we actually have a pretty big seller club. 
mm-hmm. um, which is growing. And we really like our seller club, you know, members coming back and creating that whole community. And so we actually don't do too much retail. Um, Dawson's, we love to support our local businesses um, and are happy to put our product out there and um, really be a part of that community. But we pretty much sell everything out of our tasting room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we like to bring people in, get this experience created for them where it's a whole table atmosphere. You can get your meats. You can get your wine. Um, we're n- our mission is nourish, feed, engage. Mm-hmm. And we really that is true to heart when you come to the farm. Well, we've got about uh, another minute. Talk about your your event space, which is the coolest thing. Sure. So we have a couple event spaces. We do quite a bit of weddings. Um, Actually, Janice, Greg's mother, runs the weddings. um, And we do those in the upper barn along with out in a pasture where people get married. And then usually the reception in a barn that was built in around probably 1870 along with the house there. Um, but just for people, just to give you some, like, it's all, like, twilighted. It's gorgeous um, it's and rustic. So, and just a fabulous Just space. very raw space. Mm-hmm. And then we have our tasting room, which is beautiful below. And then we have an old corn crib, which is, like, an open barn. Oh, it's right. just all very, very authentic, very that. beautiful. Yeah, that's along with the lights hanging down. That's really yeah. cool. Wait, no, there's the barn <clears throat> above the tasting room. Mm-hmm. And then there's that other, like, Big red, open... cor- we call it a corn crib. Okay, that open barn. Yeah. yeah. And so you could rent it out, you know, have a birthday party, Little anything. Little kids have birthday parties yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so great. All right, well, tell everybody where they can find you, please. Yeah, so we're out in Poolsville on Down River Road. Um, You can find us at Dawson's Market uh, and then along with a couple of the uh, little beer stores and liquor stores in Poolsville. Excellent. Okay, great. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. Okay. Fred Uh, and Oh, yeah. Fred and uh, Fred and Fong. Sorry. Come on. Up to the mic. This is very interesting. Yao yogurt. Yeah. So tell us about... Yao means yogurt in Vietnamese, right? Tell us about Vietnamese yogurt. Ah uh, yes, so uh, Yao does mean yogurt in Vietnamese. Um, okay. It's written a little differently, so we try to rewrite it to uh, make it easy to pr- pronounce. Okay. Also, and that's how our daughter actually said it when she first <laughs> oh learned. Oh my god, I love that. That's <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So tell us about. Yummy. Oh my god, can you wait two seconds? Jeez. <laughs> I'm tell the taste tester. About Vietnamese What's the, yogurt. Other, otherwise, why be on this show? And then pass this around for people. Mm-hmm. Sure. So Vietnamese yogurt is. Uh, been around probably for a couple, a hundred plus years now. Um, originally, the Vietnamese learned yogurt making from the French when they were colonized in the 1800s. And so what's unique about it is it's made with condensed milk. Mm-hmm. And so I guess because what you... From the French? Or was that something that because condensed milk is in Vietnamese product? Well, so no. So actually condensed milk is an American product. It okay. was invented actually uh, by a guy by the name of Borden in, uh, in mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the French were importing it at the time for their coffees. Okay. And so uh, that's kind of the only access to dairy that the Vietnamese had, because really, who associates dairy with Southeast Asia? Uh, so, not really. Oh, right. I, I do. All the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So um. So yeah, that that's kind of the mm. cultural linkage. That's Delicious. how they began, even having the ingredients to make it. And so, uh, with the temperatures there being pretty warm, it's it's actually very sort of simple to make it. So it's something. Uh, most families do in their homes, uh, you know, all across like the country. Like a skier, like in Iceland, like everybody Maybe, just makes yeah. their own. Or, or may, I like to say kind of more like a marinara in, in Italy. Okay. Like, you know, nobody really goes out and buys marinara like at a at a store, like, mm-hmm. out of a jar. So for people who aren't aware of the flavor and texture of Vietnamese yogurt, can you explain it? Because it is different. It's a it's a firmer texture. Yes. And it definitely has. Um, 
like a hint of sweetness. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> I guess we like to say it's uh, you know, it's it's smooth and creamy, mm -hmm. yet still kind of fluffy and light. So, but what's interesting about it is just three simple ingredients. You know, we take uh, grass-fed organic whole milk from small dairy farms, uh, slow cook it with organic cane sugar, and then you know when it's at the right you know caramelized texture, you add the yogurt cultures, and and really that's it. So. It's not because of, you know, some, a lot of different additives or, you know, chemicals and, you know, that, that's also, you know, goes to the reason why we began making yogurt in the first place. So for in uh, Vietnamese cuisine and culture, it, where does this fit in? Is it breakfast, lunch, snack? How, how is it integrated into um, the cu cuisine? Yeah, no, yeah. so it's, it's often a snack. Uh, right. I, I think uh, basically we eat it all day. It can be a breakfast, lunch, or snack. Um, mm -hmm. So it's always kept. Actually, it's eaten frozen sometimes. So um, it's like a dessert um, because it's so hot in Vietnam. Sometimes they throw it in the freezer. Well, it's hot in here, too. Yep. So that makes <laughs> right. That makes all the sense in the world. And what about the different flavors that you offer? Like, I, I think I'm just eating the plain, right? Yeah. 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 yeah so I mean, the plain is delicious. It's our original. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. like the plain. This will be. So um, our thing is that um, so when we were looking at other yogurts out there, um, there was, um, you know, plain yogurts out there that's really sour. And um, Very we felt sour. like, you know, that's not what our kids would probably want to eat. Um, and uh, so we started looking into vanilla, but often vanilla has more than vanilla. It has, you know, 10 other ingredients in it. Or, and lots of sugar. And, and a lot of sugar, right. So um, that's why we came about making ours. Um, so you can taste the caramelization, not so much sugar, um, and mainly just using the high-quality milk that we get on small dairy farms um, so that you can still taste the milk and not only the sugar. So what made you do this? Were you in the food business before that? or We were total outsiders. I mean, Swung's a computer programmer. I was in consulting. And, um, but, you know, and so going back sort of the whole journey, um, we actually were fortunate enough to run a Kickstarter last year that kind of went way beyond what we expected. But also, even before running a Kickstarter, having sort of the confidence to try, you know, a venture like this was because we knew kind of our local community, you know, at, at large, kind of like Bart alluded, Bart alluded to earlier, just um, there's really an under like the clientele at Dawson's, for example, there's an understanding of, you know, quality and, and also, you know, the farm to table sort of. Uh, there's a respect aspect for the product. It. Yeah, there's apps definitely respect. And then, um, you know, the supportiveness of locals. So that's, you know, if, if it were anywhere else, you know, Getting into a, a grocery store and and that that's that's how much you know how much we raised was how much you need just for a slotting fee. So there's no way we would have even you know been able to try it. But mm -hmm. um, that that's kind of how. Excellent. Yeah. So now are you still computer programming and you're still consulting? So well. Yes, uh, I'm still working my uh, regular job, and Fred is uh, working on Yahoo full time. Congratulations! That's very exciting. Yeah, we want you to come teach programming to our son. <laughs> All right, and one of them is almost always in the store every day. It seems like doing sampling. Doing so. yeah. well, that's, that's, sure. that's one of the most. That's one of the most sort of encouraging aspects is right. meeting new people, and as everyone said, I mean that was our concept behind the crowdfunding is meeting people and sharing the sharing the yogurt really because a taste you know pictures worth a thousand words. Taste is really worth a million. Well, congratulations. It's a great product. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting product. And again, it's kind of like the, the Ethiopian dips. It's something very different. So different. You know, and so we're, we're excited to have it. Thank because you. it's one thing to just be like, yeah, we have another yogurt on the market. Because I feel like that, in general, is a very um, clogged space at this time. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, Australian or 
Icelandic. I mean, there's so many different products, but this really stands out as something very, very different. That's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, thank you. All right. What it is. So do you want to take a break? And then we'll get into our hemp bar. We're probably going to need a break before we talk to Alex. Okay. We're going to take a break. This is David and Nikki Nellis with Foodie and the Beast. We're not getting high in studio, but we're going to act like it. We'll be back in just a sec. All right. We're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. Before we get back to the show, I just want to thank our sponsors, the Mm -hmm. folks at ProFish, the folks at the the market at River Falls, which is not far from uh, Poolsville that we've been talking about. The market at River Falls is an amazing Specialty market as well. Mm-hmm. Got to stop by there in, in downtown Potomac. Central Farm Markets and Meat Crafters, makers of those awesome skinny salamis um, that are sold question. at Dawson's. What are the hours at Dawson's Market on Tuesday? We have a request from Facebook. So the, the store is open from 8 to 9 every day, but the Meet the Locals we're talking about is from 4 to 7 okay. on Tuesday. Thank Adam you. Hurst, the world's most loyal listener. God <laughs> bless know. that boy. I love him. Um, okay, so now we're going to talk to... Uh, Alex Joseph Hemfield, right? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, who is uh, the genius behind Everbar. Uh, Everbar are hemp-based. Uh, I don't know. Tell us what they energy are. Energy bars. Hey. What are they, Alex? They they're, are they're delicious. Mm-hmm. They are protein hemp seed bars. Okay. Hemp seeds is the most valuable seed known to man. It's the most nutritious seed known to man. And by the way, me being in front of a microphone, I feel, I, I didn't tell you guys, my second job is a rapper. I'm a rapper. Of course so, you are. So this is just natural to me. I can right. do, I can so do a freestyle. So did you actually rap this bar? <laughs> no. 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 Don't laugh at that But we stuff, have please. wrapped, we have, <laughs> we have hand wrapped over a, uh, a million bars by hand. Before we became semi-automatic, we made everything by hand. We worked 14-hour shifts. It was ridiculous. Okay, well, let's start a little bit from the beginning. Because sure. much like the yogurt market. Yeah. The bar market is pretty congested. Oh, There's, saturated, yeah. But of the problem with bars, and I'm a bar eater, sure. the problem with bars is is that they're very high in sugar. Yep. And they're so processed. Right. So mm. uh, finding a bar that pro- provides, you know, a quick fix for something to eat, nutritional value without overdoing on sugars is really, really hard. It doesn't hard. taste like poo. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> you know, and, has a, and also has a good <laughs> yeah. texture. Yeah. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like gives you the um, quick energy boost you need, but provides some nutrients. Like we're, we're asking a lot from a very small piece of food. Sure. Um, so what was your idea when you were doing that? Oh my gosh. So I was at the University of Maryland College mm-hmm. Park Business School. I literally was a month away from graduating. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the field of University of Maryland. And I said, what do I want to do with my life? This piece of paper, this degree... What does it even mean to me? You know what I mean? So, BS. You got a BS? Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. So I was like, what, what does this degree even mean? So I just thought, I sat down and said, what do I like to do in my life? I like to eat. Uh, I was a personal trainer at the time, so I like nutrition. Guess what happened? That very day, I went to my parents' house because I was living on campus. I went to my parents' house. They gave me some uh, food to eat. You know how your parents take care of you? They give you food. Mm-hmm. My mom was making bars for dessert. I said, Mom, can you show me how to make these bars? I'm very interested in them. They taste delicious. And that same day, my friend gave me a bag of hemp seeds. She gave me a bag of hemp seeds, too. I threw the hemp just seeds. Just as something healthy to inc- yeah, incorporate into yeah, your she's, diet. Yeah, she said, here you go. I threw the hemp seeds in the bar batch. Two days later, it was a farmer's market at the University of Maryland. I went there, sold the bars, and I said, that's it. Let's just keep on going. Seriously? Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I just threw myself into this whole industry, and it's been going good. We're in about... 2,000 stores nationwide. Amazing. We're doing pretty good. But the main thing is, it's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast story. I'm the Beast. You mean a foodie. And- yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm the foodie. Just oh, yeah, so yeah. You know. it, I mean, the foodie and the Beast story because, you know, I 
I look at Dawson's Market as though they, because Dawson's Market was our first store we ever got into. Mm-hmm. And literally what happened is I walked into the door and the second I showed the bars to the team, they were so receptive. I was shocked. I was mm-hmm. shocked that they actually said yes. So then that was the first go ahead for us. So as you took the product and refined it, mm-hmm. what were you looking to do? Oh, what do you mean by? Well, I mean clearly these aren't the bars that your mother made. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, we've done we've done. Oh, I've eaten so many bars. I had beer, bars coming out of my ears. <laughs> right. Literally, that's how many bars I was eating. We did trial and error nonstop. Mm-hmm. And uh, granted, we started my mom's basement in her kitchen, just in her basement working it. Then we finally moved. Before we got into Dawson's, we moved into a kitchen. I did all the final steps. I said, "This is it." You know, when it comes to food. There comes a point, and I know everyone can agree here, there comes a point of confidence that you just have to go with it and say, right. this is the final product, and that's it. I'm not touching it no more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll wait till the customers until they give me feedback. So how many I'm... different bars do you make? Well, currently we have four okay. Ever bars, mm-hmm. and now we just launched a CBD oil uh, hemp protein bar. And, and what does that mean? Well, CBD, we infuse our bars with CBD oil, which comes from the hemp plant. We, mm-hmm. we use the hemp all around. Um, but the CBD is an anti-inflammatory oil. So we have special clients that want that anti-inflammatory uh, requirement. Mm-hmm. And, and we make these bars. So is there enough in each bar to satisfy the daily requirement of CBD? Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely, so yes. are these So they're not meal replacement bars, right? I mean, I would say if you eat two, it's a meal replacement. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily one. One's just a tease. It's good. It'll satisfy you. Plus, he just sold two. Right. Yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. Marketing 101. Yeah, you've been right. trying the other kind of hemp. So for people that are out there, because marijuana's often referred yeah. to as hemp, what's the I'm difference just... between this hemp seed and the marijuana seed? Well, the thing is, I mean, they're actually very similar to each other, but the thing is the hemp seed is a non-psychoactive seed. So it's not going to get you high at all. But the great benefit... David's like, forget it. I know, right? I'm sorry, <laughs> you guys. You lost me, dude. Everyone in the studio is walking out. They don't want to hear me anymore. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It's full of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I just say, I think you should have a little partnership with the Vietnamese yogurt company because... The Everbar sesame bead. Um, Dipped uh, in the plain yogurt. That you should yeah. sprinkle on top and do together. Well, it's hilarious that you said that because because uh, Yahoo and, and Everbar, we were actually neighbors when we were manufacturing the bars three oh. years ago. Next door neighbors. We it's shared amazing. office. It's crazy, you know? So that friend's like, thank God we moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So, so obviously, we can find your bars at, at Dawson's. Dawson's. Yes. Uh, where else? Uh, Whole Foods, Wegmans, Rite Aid, Moms, and other independent co-ops. And online, where can we find you yeah, online? Uh, Amazon Prime, our website. You know, you can just link up there. What's, what's the website? Just uh, livityfoods.com. So we have a mother company, mm-hmm. and Everbar is just one product that we okay. offer. All right, Excellent. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Right, let's Thank go you. back to Jen. Jen, what yeah. else you got for us to drink? So let me just take a moment to crack this yeah, into the microphone because I feel like it's mic. definitely necessary. Oh. Yay! Yay. <laughs> That's either a diet Pepsi or a great beer. It's great beer. It's great beer. So our this is brand new to the to Dawson's market. We just delivered it on Monday, so it hasn't even been there an entire week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is our low blow blonde ale. It's a very malty beer and not a very hoppy beer. So it's a great departure from our initial entry into the market with the IPA. What's the alcohol content? 6%. Okay. 6%. And what were you looking to accomplish with this beer? I just wanted an easy drinking kind of spring summer beer that's maybe not too light. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for me, I love the malty backbone, and I don't think that people get enough grain in their beer. Um, so it's a nice kind of hearty spring beer going into the summer. Okay, terrific. All right, so you're going to pour that for us. But before we get off air with you, just tell us quickly where people can find you and how we can, like, what we can look forward to coming up from you. Yeah, so the Lobo Blonde Ale is really the the thing I want everybody to check out right now. This summer we're testing a couple of pale ales, so there should be something very interesting coming out in June, July. Okay, great. Um, And then this fall, the tasting room. Excellent. That's so exciting. You'll keep us posted about the tasting room. Okay, great. All right, while you're pouring back, Bart, we want to go back to you. Sure. Well, this has been great. It has been great. This Um, has been a really exciting show. I I asked everybody when they came in this morning if it was okay to do this, and they all agreed. So I want to say that uh, for the Meet the Locals, that is this Tuesday from 4 to 7, if you mention that you heard about us on this station today, mm-hmm. um, you can get one of these products yes, that's been sampled. Yes, Foodie and the Beast. To hell with the station. Right. right. Sorry. Yeah, Foodie and the Beast. And the beast. Uh, <laughs> one product for free. Um, we can't do beer and wine, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the other food uh, come in one per person. Um, you can get an Everbar. You can get one of the dips. You can get a pizza. Um, and you can get a yogurt. Uh, and I one just choice. have to say that everything we've had in here today has been really delicious. But not just that; it's been really interesting. Like it's everything in here is new and fresh, and it's not something you're seeing everywhere. Well, Andy uh, asked me that. What I said, he said because he's Andy I, who? Which Andy? We got two Andys. In and, that Andy. Okay, well, not there's another Andy. Andy. That Andy never talks. <laughs> no, he's, I, he, I said. He, he said, oh, "What happens God. when you taste things?" And I said, "If we, we never say anything, you know, negative, negative." Anyway. But sometimes we taste stuff and it isn't that great. And we just kind of move on. But mm-hmm. all this stuff was great. Yes, I mean, it was. That's it was sincere. It was delicious. And mm-hmm. uh, I absolutely think dipping the bars in your yogurt is a great idea. Yes. I don't think I don't think dipping the yogurt in this this thing that'll blow your head off. <laughs> no, is, so. it was delicious. Uh, don't that say should that. be taken by itself <laughs> with a doctor on hand. <laughs> but it's delicious, all of it. So congratulations to everybody. Go to Dawson's. Uh-huh. Thank you. And go to Rockland Farms because it is a great, particularly in the spring, a great afternoon. Just, but stay tuned because we'll keep track of how all the products are doing and where you can find them as well. So all we right. want to thank all these people Wait, for joining we're not us. Done. Wait, we, we do want to thank them, but I want to make sure everybody knows what you heard about on the show today. Mm-hmm. You can find on Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. True. Follow her on Instagram, follow mm-hmm. her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Follow her on Facebook. Don't follow her in person because I'll kill you. <laughs> and um, uh, and listen to her. She's on WTOP Live every Thursday at 1240. And don't forget our new show, Live at the Line Hotel, on Mondays, Industry Night with Foodie and the Beast. It's a totally different show. Uh, on and fullserviceradio.org. On fullserviceradio.org. And next week is going to be terrific. Charity Off the Hook is back. John Ropo and his team are coming in to talk all about it. We want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. And everybody at home, please have a delicious week.